Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Welcome to another episode of that award-winning podcast or something. <laughs> Conduit to Troubles, Olgan and Scoggins, Chipper. Uh, you know what? Let's not start with Vikings. No, we got a big game let's in start, town. Let's start with your favorite sport. How excited are you? Ten. I know. It's great. <laughs> I, hey, I'm, I'm with you. It's awesome. No, I would say nine. Penn State. Ten would be Penn State Tennessee. The <laughs> They're so in college football. I know. Yeah, this is awesome. This is what I've been waiting for for, and you know. As a college football fan, you want games to be you cover relevant games. You want to be uh, like people talking about it all week, and it's hard when you're in a pro market. I understand that. In college football, this is just not a college football market. So the diehards, uh, the few diehards of us, have been waiting for a game where it's a big, you know, a big week in town, and people are talking about it. You're analyzing things. You're you can feel kind of the buzz. So yeah, this is it's gonna be fun. I, I I know they couldn't uh, help the timing, but it had been fun if it was a night game. Not for me on deadline, but right. But just for the – So what did happen there? Do you know? Well, I've heard – and I didn't know this rule. I've seen it written a couple places. I didn't know it that in November both teams have to agree to the, 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 a night game. Well, yes, that and, sounds and, right. And no road team's going to do that. Right. You know, because that just – Right, because it sounds like Penn State must have been the logical one to be like – Sure. Yeah, no Fleck, Fleck came out and said we did not – yeah, dismiss it. No, I mean every home team's gonna take a night game, and every right. every road team's gonna be like, nah, let's do it at eleven. You right. know, I mean, because it just creates more of a you know atmosphere, and you're sitting around all day. And so, um, I'm guessing, and I don't know this, but I'm guessing Penn State probably said no. Let's do it in the morning. All right, break it down for me. What do we got here? Well, it is a um, it is a classic strength on strength matchup when you look at Gophers' offense versus Penn State's defense. So Penn State's defense is second nationally in scoring, like nine points a game behind Ohio State. Um, second run defense, uh, which is it's funny. I I asked both P.J. Fleck and their offense coordinator, uh, Kurt Shiraka, you know, talking about their run defense and how do you establish it. Uh, your running games, that's what they want to do. Right. The Gophers are ranked top ten nationally in time of possession and third down conversions. So they – that's the thing is as new age as PJ is, he's an old school coach. Like uh, two weeks ago, I asked him. I said, "When you get the box sheet after the game, like what, what's the first stat you look at?" He said, "Oh, time of possession." Like that's something Zimmer would say, right? Or yes. old school. That's like a very old school. We'll work the yeah, ball. Yeah, that's, how, they field. Yeah, that's yeah. how it is. So, you know, I asked him. You know, you're going against that that run defense, and you want to establish run. That's who you are. And, and Shiraka said, "This may sound uh, a little bit surprise you a little bit, but we got to do what we do." Like, and I don't know if that's subterfuge, like we're going to try to run the ball, but I think they're vulnerable through the pass. 
through the air. Penn State. Penn State. Okay. Yeah. Because um, their their defensive line is generally regarded as one of the best in the country. They got a first round draft pick at defensive end. Um, great name, Yitor Gross Matos. Yitor Gross Matos, and he's widely regarded. Yitor Gross Matos. Yitor. Yitor. Okay. Yeah, Gross right. Matos. That is a good name. Um, he's going to be a first round pick. Everybody knows that they have another good Russian on the other side. Um, uh, Tony's his last name, Shaka Tony. And then they have a linebacker who's a sophomore, um, Micah Parsons, who's a, a buck of semifinals. So he's one of the top linebackers in the country. So their front seven is by far the best that they have. They get short corners. Like one of, one of their starting corners is like five nine hundred. So This might be vulnerable. Yeah, and so I think they're 10th in the Big Ten in pass, and that's maybe because – you know, nobody can run on them, so, you, you know, and teams are playing catch-up, so they're throwing a lot more than running. But um, their corners are not big, and so that's where I wonder if they're saying we're going to run the ball, we're going to do what we do, but I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to throw the ball and, and, you know, pick on those corners with their big receivers. they got big, strong receivers, obviously Ty Johnson and Bateman. Uh, on the other side, they got a big-time player, uh, K.J. Hamler, um, wide receiver, probably – you know, Rondell Moore from Purdue, he's their Rondell Moore set faster. He is – this kid is fast. I mean, like, super fast. And he's mm-hmm. up for National Player of the Year. I mean, he just can run. They do him return. He's a specialist. He, you know, wide receiver, he goes deep. They do crossing routes, do quick, you know, game. Just get the ball in his hands. And so they're – it's the fastest wide receiver core they've had. Their quarterback, Sean Clifford, has been probably better than people thought. He wasn't supposed to be the guy. So they had Trace McSorley for years – and then his backup, yeah, like ten years he was there. Yeah, then his backup, Tommy Stevens, was a fifth year senior, and everybody just assumed he was going to be the guy. But James Franklin said, "No, we're going to have a quarterback competition." And so Stevens grad transferred to Mississippi State. He's with with uh, their former offense coordinator who went down there, sure, to be the head coach. So he grad transfers down there. So he's Mississippi State. So that left Sean Clifford to be the guy, and he's been he's been really good. I mean, he's. Uh, I think second in the Big Ten in passing. He's got 20 touchdown passes, only three interceptions. And he runs the ball, too. He has he has the most carries uh, on their team. So they have four running backs. They just – Interesting. And they, they rotate four. Sure. You know, Gophers do three. They have four that they rotate. A couple of true freshmen. I mean, they're four or five-star guys. I mean, Jane Franklin's, you know, one of the best recruiters in the country. And then this guy, they do a lot of, I think, read options, a lot of draws. Um, and then he scrambles too. If he doesn't see his thing, he'll take off running. He's pretty effective. So, I mean, they're good offensively, but this they're they're kind of their calling card is defense. I mean, that defense is really good. Their front sevens especially. So, so if you had to guess, and basically the nation's going to be getting its first big look at this team, who do you think is is if the Gophers are to win and have a breakout player, who do you think the breakout player is? Um, because I got one guy in mind who I well, if I think if if we're just saying play it, to me the key matchup is their offensive tackles and their offensive line going sure. against that defense line. It has to be a draw, at least, right? I think their tackles, both Sluter and and Fahalehi, because I mean these these ends are really good, you know. So they're gonna have to do it, but. I think I think this could be a big game for Bateman. That's what I was going to say. I could see this kid. I yeah. think this kid is a yeah. potential pro star. Yeah, I think this is because they're going to have a size advantage over those corners. Yep. They list one at uh, 5'10", 180, and the other one at like 6 feet, 180, which means they're probably smaller than that. So Ty Johnson and Bateman are going to have a size advantage. Yep, and Bateman doesn't drop anything. No, and so – and I think – 
I do think they're going to try to run the ball. I, I think they want to, you know, like you said, do what they're going to do. But there's part of me is wondering, are they just saying it to try to send a message that hey, we're going to run the ball and come out and you know four wide and just start bombing it? You know, I don't, I don't. Think I don't think they can't. I mean, they have to pass because the, their pass game is so damn good. Yeah, that doesn't mean you do, you abandon the run. Sure. but I think you can you set both s- up and, and some play action. Well, that's the thing. You got to set that RPO slant, which is what. Yeah. You know, they they start run 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 and then they hit them with that RPO slant, and then Bateman and Johnson are gone. So, But I think Bateman has a definite advantage uh, in that matchup. So I think him. And then on the other side, maybe Winfield, um, you know, he, they got to figure out a way to slow down Hamler because they, they do a lot of crossing things with him and a lot of deep balls with him. And so let's see if and, – and Clifford's only thrown three picks, and um, – you know, the Gophers, I don't know where they rank nationally in interceptions, but they're high up there. And they're, How about this? The Gophers are ninth nationally in pass defense. That's a new they world. They your life, life it, you know. It's a new world, Although, my man. I mean, Tracy Clay's had some good defenses, obviously, and I don't know if they ever got that high in pass defense. But, I mean, yeah, but think, think about, about all the pass defenses we've seen for the Gophers. And think about last season before they I made know. the defensive coordinator change and how in, completely inept and overmatched Crazy. they looked every week yeah, they're against ninth, bad teams. Ninth nationally in pass defense. Do you feel... And you have certainly seen your fair share in your time covering this uh, program of Gopher meltdowns. Does this feel different to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This team's better because you have better talent. Um, you, you mean melt, meltdowns like I just a, like mean a no overall, show or something? Yeah. Or, or, well, I just mean the overall feel of things. You know, because there were you know that 2003 game against Michigan yeah. that was a good team. Yeah. Does this feel? It's just. It, this is not the case, but there have been times where it definitely feels like this program is somehow jinxed or something. Yeah. You know, oh, there, yeah. There's a cloud that hangs over this poor program. Do you feel that it's different? Because we, we talked to Fleck on our show, our afternoon show earlier this week, and, and I asked him, I said, I'm almost 50. I've never seen you guys be this good. Yeah. Tell me why I shouldn't be concerned. And he basically gave a decent answer. Yeah. But the key is, I, well, this could be the key. I'm yeah. not promising anything. He seems like he's genuinely unaffected by it altogether, which yeah. is a good thing. They have done a good job, and I, I don't. You know, sometimes it's cliche and you don't believe it, but they've do, they've done a really good job of keeping this team within a bubble and not paying attention. They, they, I can't tell you how many times I've heard about the four walls, and they'll actually like draw hand, you know, use their hands to draw. They talk about the four walls and the zero and zero Penn State championship season. You know, the whole one game at a time. But yep. you know, they've done a good job, and, and it's reflected in. They haven't laid an egg against good or terrible teams yet, which we've seen in the past, right? Where, where it's Rutgers, Maryland, whoever, and they're kicking the they're crap out of yeah, those they're teams, killing which them. Really, so, actually, doesn't impress me. It's, it's a very mature team. It's a, mature, a team that likes each other. I think they got a good. There's a confidence there. Like when you, I was just over there yesterday, like talking to Rodney Smith and Antoine Winfield. This is a confident group. Whereas in the past, I don't. I'm not sure that was always the case. Even if they might have had a pretty good record, like. And the other thing is, let's be honest, they got really good players. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, and you watch players. Bateman and Johnson and guys like yeah. that play and Winfield, and they, they are. They're, well, they're not just sort of, oh, fluking into a good season. They're no. really, really good players. I mean, you go through it. You know, Ty Johnson and Bateman are sure NFL players. Carter Coffin's going to be an NFL player. Yeah. Kamal Martin's going to be an NFL player. Antoine Winfield's going to be an NFL player. And, you know, that, those are your leaders, and they're all playing really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it, those five guys are all – they're not just like having uh, they're 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 having okay seasons. No, they're having like really good all Big Ten type seasons, and so they have good talent now. They got better depth. Um, I think they're well coached. Uh, 
there's a confidence and a camaraderie that it's just, when you're around them, you can kind of sense like this team really likes each other. They got a good vibe going, you know. And then, you know, I mean, the schedules set up favorably for them, but they've done they've punished these teams. And that's so, our, that's the difference to me. But the, the one thing is, it's going to be a huge jump up in speed and athleticism yep. this week. So I, I'm curious to see. I think they need a good start, right, to build some confidence because if they get off to a bad start, you can see people like, see, told you, they just absolutely they, they played terrible teams, and this is the first time they've really been challenged, and they're not up for it. So if they, if they can get off to a good start, maybe maintain that confidence. Yeah, that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I'm, I'm not sure I'd pick them, like mm-hmm. right, you know. But I, it was. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, one lopsided either way. What does your gut say right now? I would go Penn State. I would say something like 27-24. I think it's going to be a close game. I do. I don't think. Killing my Rose Bowl dreams here. Yeah. Well, I think it's still get to well, the Actually, Bowl. we'll talk about that. Yeah. The college football playoff. People yeah. Are, I just. I, I uh, Already are trying to kill my dreams. Yeah. I Because Penn State, I really like their defense. Um, I think their athletic is on both sides. And then they've, they've played a tougher schedule. You know, they played Michigan. Well, they played in the that. East. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've beat Michigan. They've won at Iowa. Yeah. They just played a tougher schedule. And so, and this is, I'm not saying they won't handle it well, but I'm curious to see all those things we said about the, the Gophers, how they kind of stayed in their bubble and they've handled, you know, each week in a mature way. But this is a different spectacle. I mean, this is a huge game, big stage. Mm-hmm. I think they'll. I don't think there'll be any stage fright, but th- there may be some nerves or some. But you're saying if they do lose, you think it's by a field? Yeah, I don't think like it's. That. No, yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's a close game. I think it's a field goal game. Uh, we we also found out earlier this week, PJ Fleck got what a seven year contract extension, thirty three million. Is that right? Four point six average. Four point six average. Yeah. Um, to me, this and you know there there are are people who are saying why why didn't they wait till after. The Penn State gamer after the season's done and and you know they've beaten as you said yep. they've beaten up on bad teams but I will say this I think the guy can coach yeah I know he can recruit and and he might not have gone to Florida State but I think it's a smart move yeah and look if he has great success he ain't going to be here seven years I get that eventually sure. somebody will, will will come along as the buyout decreases and pay that. But I think as far as Mark Coyle goes, for, for all we've criticized this school, right, yeah. and the administration, and they've deserved it, I think this is one where they are exactly right. Yeah, I think it's 100% right. Because um, the thing is, this was done because what they see every day, not based on, oh, are they going to beat Penn State or not. Sure. I mean, they're they're judging the, from the, the wide angle and, hey, look at the way this program's going, better talent, academics, all that things. Um, they like P.J. and they think he's a good coach. And so – you lock him up. And the money's, I mean, it's all relative, but it's reasonable within the college football coach. It takes race. him up to where? Around, uh, what did it say, seventh? Or, yeah. It puts him in, because he was, I think he's he still was, below Brom, I think. Yeah. And I think he was, his the contract that got overridden now, I 11th. believe. Yeah. yeah which 11th. is ridiculously yeah. low for a guy who's had this type of six, or is having this type of success. Sure. And, and the thing is, you had to give him a raise. I mean, it's just, he yeah. was not going to be the 11th paid coach. Um, you know the buyout ten million at, for the first year. No one's going to touch that. I mean, there's not. I mean, do you think that ten million is for Urban Meyer? Do you think <laughs> that there were any, any jobs that have come open, i.e., Florida State, or are going to come open USC probably mm-hmm. that that would have been a threat? 
Uh, Florida State. Yeah, and I think USC, if they fire, they are going to fire Hill. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to last there. I think they would be, but not not at $10 million. I mean. Right. You, you pay $10 million to get Urban Meyer, you know, or someone of that. You, four and a half, but then it goes down to four and a half the next year and three after that. A lot of schools would pay that. That's that's nothing. And so, to me, this is, you know, that, that basically was P.J. winning in that negotiation. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't going to stay at ten million for seven years. I mean, that's just he wouldn't agree to it. He What's would, your best guess long term? I'm, I'm. I think he likes it here. I think he does too. I think, but I think if Notre Dame comes, well, calling, yeah. Brian, Brian Kelly's been there by the way forever now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he likes it here, and I think it's genuine. I can tell you, being around, he he they sure. do love it here. But if Notre Dame calls him, he, he's going and tries to offer him, he's going to take that job. Of course, I mean, and any a hundred out of a hundred coaches would too. Uh, if Georgia calls. If and I'm not in Georgia's not going to come open, but a blue blood, you know, if a blue blood calls, how about the Vols? You mm. take them in a heartbeat. You got it. You yeah. take them in a heartbeat. In fact, yeah. I bet you've been on the phone very quietly <laughs> from burner from that's burner right. phones. That's you've been right. calling your friends down in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I know he likes it here, and I know. Um, Sorry, I dropped my pen. Um, it's a podcast. I, no worries. That's right. I know. I know. You know. He likes what they're building and all that, but he's thirty. What eight? Yeah, he's about thirty eight. He's not going to be here forever. No. And the thing is, it's like if he does leave, your program's in good shape, right? So you, are, you know, you you well, be more like attractive the, to the next guy. And I like the fact that you made the proactive move of of locking him up mm-hmm. for the now. Yeah. And see where things go. And the contract. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Four point six mil a year yeah. is great. But you're not breaking the bleeping yeah. bank in well, college no. football these days. No, you didn't. I mean, you didn't make him the highest paid guy in yeah. the Big Ten. So it's no it's all relative it. within you know how you're about to evaluate him against other Big Ten coaches. So it, I mean, it was the right thing. And I think Mark Cole. I mean, I know people don't like that he's behind the scenes and not out front a lot, but I think he's a good AD, and I think he's done a lot of really good things, positive things there, in turn, especially with his hires mm-hmm. and retention. And he 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 knows who he wants in these coaching searches and he goes and does it. It's more where I, I've actually had problems with Mark in the past is immediate handling of PR things. The crisis moment. The crisis, is, is yeah. his strength, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just sort of disappeared. In terms of, not his, not his strength in terms of being the public face of... Right, well, and yeah. knowing that, oh my gosh, I have to get out in sure. front of this and handle it and I've got to be as upfront as I can possibly be. Yes. Uh, but when it comes, you're right, when it comes to coaching hires, I think. And, and, and just administrative and just running yeah. the department, make sure having to Having a credible professional, maybe professionals are not the right. I know where you're going, yeah, though. But just a just calm the seas and not have all the turmoil that we've seen there. And his first year was pretty chaotic when you think about everything that went on. I mean, he had to suspend uh, Jay Robinson first day on the job. Yeah, well, Jay had there were some issues there. <laughs> there were definitely some issues. So it was the right move. Yeah. So, in fact, I think what Mark has done. And this actually uh, um, conversation translates to what what, go, what has gone on, and I believe where Zimmer's strength lies is Mark and Mike have both done a good job, I, I think, of calming places mm. that had a ton of like, and what's the best phrase for this? Unnecessary turmoil? Sure. You think about the unnecessary Viking shenanigans well, we saw, and Mike, it's not that Mike's been this unbelievable on-field game day coach. But when at least when J. Ron Curse gets arrested, you're like, yeah. oh, that's rare for a Viking to get arrested. In our day, it'd be yeah. it was called it's Saturday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, uh, 
Um, Sad but true. Well, I said this to Mark Craig. Um, we were in uh, the press box of Kansas City last week. And just, I mean, you look at some of these teams in the NFL that are just, they almost feel like they're rudderless. Like, what what are they even doing here? You know, it's just like there's no hope. They're just kind of blah. And I said, you know, as told Mark, I said, say this about Zim. And, and also, I guess you got to credit Rick Spillman too, but at least you feel like they have a competent, order, orderly, like the house is in order here. Right, which it for a long time was not. In terms of like talent, in terms of discipline, in terms of th- they know what the hell they're doing. Yep. You feel like they got they're, every year they're going to have a fighter's chance where, where some of these franchises like it's just hopeless. You know, it's like what coach is not good, the talent's terrible. Mm-hmm. So at least you feel like they're going to have a fighter's chance. Now, whether they win games or not, or get, you know, get to the Super Bowl. But it, it, you just don't feel like when they start a season, all right, this is a 3-13 and 13 team. And that's been rare? Yeah. That's been really rare. If, if you look since Bud got here, so the Vikings were an expansion team at 61 and were bad. But if you look, Bud took over at 67. Mm-hmm. Look at the amount of just atrocious years. I mean, not 6-10, and 10, but yeah. three-win yeah, seasons. Four-win, four-12. There's been a few of them. Yeah. There have not been a lot of them. Which... They've done a really good job. But I just think that Mike and Rick have also created – a solidified where you don't see guys being arrested arbitrarily. Yep. You know, Dwight Smith doesn't go in a stairwell. Just yeah. goofy stuff where you're like, "What are you even doing?" Well, because I think Zimmer is no nonsense. Yeah, he'll just cut you, <laughs> or yeah. you know, or they'll discipline you. Or, but I also think it's it's just setting a standard where it, which really shouldn't be that hard, right? No, but it's it takes the right type of players to. I mean, they have a good locker room where. Good, they have good leadership in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they really do. And and even like, let's go back to the Stefan Diggs thing. That had the potential to be just chaotic for a, a month, and it was basically what three days. Yep. And it was over with. Yep. They, they find him, him three hundred. What was it? Two hundred or two hundred thousand plus. Yeah. And now he is talking all the time, and he's very happy, and he was only targeted four times. But oh well. Yeah. Now. You mean I lost two hundred thousand dollars? Oh, I'm never saying anything again. That's the thing. It, it, Maybe this is how he really feels, or maybe he's just being a good soldier. But right. the point is, like that could have like really been toxic for a while. Mm-hmm. But they nipped it in the bud. I've got one thing to say about that. Thank God for the New York Giants. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The fact that they came <laughs> along for other dysfunction. Bad thank <laughs> God for the Giants. Uh, back to to college football sure. for a second. Chip Scoggins. A question I never thought related to the Gophers that I would ha- have to ask you, but I do have to ask you and i know that this is far from final so this is just i'm just yeah. it's fluid but i don't get it how on earth in the college football playoff rankings do uh wisconsin does wisconsin which has two defeats end up at 13 michigan which has two defeats end up at 14 and then after notre dame at 15 and kansas state at 16 the gophers yeah. eight no now now okay if this was other conferences like sec teams or something with two defeats and in a really good conference sure i could tell you i i get that but are, are you telling me Wisconsin, which is in your division? Yeah, and How, yeah, it's it's a total explain. I, I just well, it's one. It's just them saying they don't think the Gophers have played anybody, and but still, you have a team. But that's Wisconsin's lost, two lost games where they played. I know they're playing the Big Ten well, schedule, and that's the thing. You could always come back and say, well, if you want to play this game, it's dangerous. But that's how they have to play it. The Gophers killed Illinois. Illinois beat Wisconsin. That's right. So you, if you look at head to head, I mean, what? Right. So how do you land there? I, I don't know. 
And other, I realize other than they're change. not really paying attention to the Gophers. And, and so I did. <laughs> I, I, I did actually read to the uh, ESPN.com story that accompanied the first rankings that came out on Monday. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, Monday. I did say that the Rose Bowl committee will take the highest ranked non-playoff team in these rankings. Yes. Yeah, so, so the Badgers would go to Pasadena right now, which would really upset me. That would be, especially if, I, and, and this, these things are going to change a hundred times. I know, but it's still, yeah, but it's it would, silly right now. It's, it's, Michigan? Yeah, it's the fact that they haven't, you know, I I would be stunned, if honestly, if the if that committee's paying a ton of attention. And they should because they're undefeated. Right. I guarantee you, win Saturday and those things are going to look a lot different. Well, Penn State's four. They're so Penn State's in the different. college football playoff yeah. right now. So if, if Penn State loses on Saturday, they're, they probably drop. Well, heck, well, if these yeah. rankings should be taken seriously significantly. And this is the thing. I, I, I never understood why. The, I mean, I know the committee wants to have transparency and all that and show you the process. But why? all you're doing is setting yourself up for ridicule by releasing these rankings this far out because you could be listening, listing a team all the way through in your top four, and you get to that last week, and then you drop them. Yep. And you're like, no, wait a second. What, we, we won, and you're dropping us. What? Yeah. I, I would just, when it came to the playoffs, say, here it is, and we'll answer any questions about why we picked it. But this whole week-to-week thing is I, I never understood. Here's what I don't get. Why wouldn't you, if you are bound and determined to have this, you know, Transparency. Why wouldn't you just release, let's say, the top ten? Too? Sure. Yeah. Why, why release a twenty-five? I know it's like the Gophers at seventeen, Wisconsin at third. That makes no sense, and no. it's not. It can't be justified. No, there's nothing. I mean, you could say, well, they play a tougher schedule, or you know, they're. I don't know what you'd say as <laughs> other than that. But I mean, if you're if you're doing strictly head-to-heads, Gopher beat one team and they lost to that team. So it's like, what exactly you know is the criteria here? I'm going to give you. A semi-hot Vikings take, Uh-oh. Chip Scoggins, and I want your give me a scorching one reaction to it. Well, it's mildly scorching, okay, um, but it's this: the Vikings, in, in my mind, really don't have an impressive win yet. Detroit, I'm Detroit. I've decided I've tortured it because I'm like, oh, Detroit's better than they used to be, but they're Phil still not. Wasn't and bad. Stafford, it's not bad, but it's not, but it's not a, it's not beating Chiefs. It's not right? a wow. Okay. It, it's it's not the type of win where if you took it to the NCAA basketball committee, they'd be like. That's a great win. Sure. They'd yeah. be like, that's a good win. That's okay, but it's cute. Uh, but here's my hot take. Because you lost in week two at Green Bay, winnable game. Mm-hmm. Because you lost on Sunday, the game that you were at in Kansas City. Winnable. Again, winnable game. Good team. Winnable game. If the Vikings do not win the next three games, which includes primetime at Dallas on Sunday night, Denver. Here. Uh, at Denver, home, here. Denver. Yeah. yeah, Denver. Good for them. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad they're playing football. Yeah. By week and then Monday night in Seattle. If they do not run the table, my feeling is this. The not playoff window, but the Super Bowl, the, the window that opened up in 2017 with a 13-3 and season and included the signing of Cousins then in March 2018, the window for a championship, which you intended at that time, mm-hmm. is closed not only for this year, but it's also closed in 2020 because I just don't see it. Well, and but I'm talking championship. I'm not talking about you could make a wild. Card. Yeah. Well, and because basically, I'm trying to say you're done as far as the championship. The, the championship yeah. window. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that scorching tape because you know if you you could be looking at what two road games, two road playoff games. Yeah. But I'm just saying is, through 2020, I don't want to hear. Yeah. Oh, we just need to do this or that because you're you're and and it, this is not just a Kirk thing to me. This is a 
your cornerbacks are are either aging fast yeah. or something's gone wrong there. There's too many. There's too many things. And, well, the defense is getting old. Yeah, and and by the way, bringing back Andrew Sandejo <laughs> off waivers ain't going to help. Yeah, I don't. Uh, no one can explain that one. To yeah, me. I'm not sure what the. I mean, I know Zim likes But you're right. The defense is getting right. But that's the problem. It's yeah. Mike likes a lot of people, yeah. and they're hanging around here, and are they helping? Yeah. Well, that one I don't understand. But, I mean, bringing back Everson definitely paid off. I mean, yep. he's, he's been one of their best defense players, and convincing Barr to come back is, was smart. Right, yeah. but you probably should have spent the bar money on an offensive lineman where you could yeah. have used some help. And, yeah. and Rhodes looks completely lost, and Wayne's got – I mean, I just I see so many things now that are starting to disintegrate and go wrong against yeah. good teams. Well, I have trouble buying into the fact that this current construction doesn't need to be sort of start to be moved out. Yeah, and the thing is, is like I don't see this as a championship team because of the offensive line is still against good defenses or good teams. I mean, that against Kansas City was alarming. Their guard to guard play. I mean, just it takes one good defensive tackle to completely yeah, just, obliterate their yeah. interior, and then Kirk can't adjust to that. Yeah, which I mean, his accuracy—I don't know if his. I mean, he talked about flipping his hips or something. I <laughs> Zim didn't like that too much. Yeah, I was. It's funny. Too I saw, much information to you guys. Well, I saw I saw Zim's thing Monday because I went back and I wasn't out there, but I was at I was in with cousins. Yeah, I heard that question, but I. I I guess I'm confused at what what was too much the flipping the hips was that the too much information was we, he just we went through the entire thing because I, I think Kirk talked for ten minutes after the game yeah went through the entire thing and couldn't figure it might have been the flipping the hips stuff he also went through a play by play of of everything that went wrong the screen that lost and then and then he yeah but then he also talked about how Diggs could have run a crossing pattern and they didn't do that anyway the point being is there was something innocuous Mike shouldn't be worried about that yeah I was it's it's Mike being worried about stuff Mike shouldn't worry about well it's funny because Zimmer like. Threw that in, not as an aside. And then but Kirk on Wednesday took a shot at Mike. Oh, did he? Oh, very passive aggressive. Oh, I didn't hear. I oh, guess I gave out too much information. <laughs> Is that what he said? Very passive aggressive. Well, I just, I mean, nothing that, and that that goes back to, I mean, sometimes I don't know. There was nothing that Cousins said after the game where you're like, oh my god, he's real estate secrets here. There was, I mean, it was. I thought it was just par for the course, and so. For, I don't know, Zimmer's just in a bad mood and thought something struck him as, like, it was just weird kind of a shot at his yeah. quarterback, so I don't know. But um, back to your original point, I, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, they are going to have to beat some of these good teams because guess what? That's what the playoffs are. Oh, right. <laughs> they're not bad, yeah. you know. And, and But do you think they're, do you think they're built to? I, I just, I don't know. I God, need to see I, them beat. I need to see them win in Dallas, which is going to be not impossible, but it, yeah. you know it's a tough game, and I need to see them win in Seattle because at this point in time, I, I haven't seen anything that I can firmly get my hands around and say, okay, the 2019 Vikings have shown me this. I will feel more comfortable saying, yes, this is a team that contend if, if they go into Dallas or Seattle and play really well and win. I mean, if they go there to both those places and lose – well, you're, you're going to feel like, well, they've lost at Green Bay, lost at Chicago. Then you might just miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. And in a league, by the way, that's awful. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, I think there are two teams that, I think uh, 49ers are good, I think the yep. Saints are good. Agreed. Green Bay, I think, is pretty good. I still don't, I think I talked about last week, I 
I said I'd still stick with the Vikings winning the division. I'll still do it. As crazy as it might sound, I'll still stick with them to win the division. Yep. But I, I think I think the uh, Niners and and Saints are cut above everyone. I agree. In, in fact, I think when we had this discussion last week, I said at that time that I had the Niners number one, Saints two, Packers three, and Vikings four. And I said I drew a line then and put Seattle five. But I put the but I put those four teams above. Yeah. After last week, I can't do that. No. And, and the Vikings, I've just seen too much now. So I'm with you. I think San Francisco and New Orleans are one, two. And after that, it's... There's I, a group of three or four that are... And don't be surprised if the Rams come on now, too. They probably will. The Jalen yeah. Ramsey trade, I think, is a great trade. In fact, I think there, I think there's going to be a, a real question to be asked internally. And that was a huge price to pay. But should the Vikings have considered paying that price given the status of their defensive yeah. backfield? And Jalen, you know, if you have Jalen Ramsey at, at Arrowhead, Chipper, I think you win that game. Because I don't think you give up the big plays. The big plays. Yeah. Not maybe, all maybe not. No, maybe not four of them. I mean, Tyree Kill's an incredible player. And that touchdown catch, the 40 yards, that's is incredible. Crazy. Yeah, that's incredible. But nonetheless, you know, Trey Wayne's had a bad day. And the week before that, what did we talk about all week? Yeah. Xavier Rose. Xavier Rose. And his play. Well, it's good. you know what would be interesting, Judd? Like, after this year, what do they do with some of those core guys? Like, was Everson a one year or is it. He can get out of the contract if he's good, which he's been great. Yeah. So I think he can walk away now. So he might, or you know, he might. As much as he, for his sake, it's probably good here with all the support and you know, just the familiarity and. But everything. his agent's gonna. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's want to come down to and, money. I mean, and if I'm the Vikings, it'd be one last bite at the apple. Probably. I got decisions to make here too. Well, I think Rhodes is going to be the the main one. I I could see that one. What do you do? And because the uh, the Vikings are going to play the Cowboys and Zeke Elliott on Sunday, yeah. I've seen a couple stories this week about Dalvin Cook, yeah. who's going to be going into the last year of his contract and going to be making basically nothing. What is the? Yeah, you're going to have to pay him big bucks. See, I don't know that I do. That's the problem. What? I don't know. I do. Come on. Here's why. Really? If I decide he's your if, best player. I know, but if I decide that, that, but he's a running back, and if I decide that this thing's just about run its course, yeah. do I really want to possibly hand over to my new Boy. GM and coach uh, a running back? I got to spend at left tackle. You yeah. got to rebuild this offensive. Yeah, line. but here's the thing: there's a good chance that uh, Griffin's gone, Rhodes is gone, um, Wayne's is back, right? Probably uh, as a free agent. It depends on what he's wanting he to might be play gone. for. Yeah, he might be gone, too. Uh, Rudolph's probably gone. So there's going to be money. I think Kyle, I think the way his contract is structured, he has a very good chance to be back next year. I think it would be the year after that. The, the year, because there was yeah. something when he got the extension that was like looked like it was. There would be some pain. It wasn't five years or whatever it was. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. But I think there would be some immediate pain if you look. But what I'm saying is, I, boy, you're going to have to pay I Dalvin. Think, you, I don't think the Dalvin conversation, I think the Dalvin conversation is far more tricky than. Dalvin Cook has never, until this year, has never been healthy for a full year. I know, I know, but running backs don't last long. And do I really want that to hand my new? That would be a hot take. Do I? Do I I want to hand my new GM a a, a salary cap structure that has a running back near the top? I'm just saying it's difficult for me. This is why I think these next three games are so important. Because because if I can sink my teeth in and say Super Bowl contender in 2020, then I want Dalvin Cook back. Yeah. Ooh. Because the question then becomes in the in training camp of 2020, do you just let him hold out because he's go, he's not he, gonna well, he ain't no, coming gonna, back on that salary. No, he's gonna want a new deal, and he especially should, if he's and he should. Yeah, if he's leads the league in rushing, and I see, yeah. I see this from both sides very clearly. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, I understand like how because we went through it with Peterson in his market, right? Like yes. so much money tied up in a running back, and does it make sense in the new NFL? But I think Dalvin's 
different in that he's versatile, and they built. If you don't re-sign him, you're basically saying we're blowing this whole sucker up and having a whole well, new different offensive system. Here's your new- other. Here's your other question. Your other question is this: If you re-sign him, what you have to almost assure yourself of being able to do is have Spielman or more likely new people uh, hit on a drafted quarterback and be right. Yeah. Because I can't have Dalvin and yeah. the quarterback being paid what they're both going to want if it's a veteran quarterback. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that's this is a st- this is a conundrum, Chipper. Spe- yeah, especially because you have to. I mean, this, I'm presenting problems. You, th- yeah. I'm not presenting solutions. <laughs> oh, I'm not, presenting problems. I just shook up your, the your Thursday has been shaking up. <laughs> you're hitting the alarm because here's the thing, Judge. You have to, in a meaningful way, commit big money to your offensive line next year, this yes. offseason. I mean, this it, the piecemeal thing is not. No. You know, I think both guards you might turn over. Yeah, center's back. Center's back for sure. Center's obviously. back for sure. The right th- tackle's back. I think Riley Reef is Riley Reef up. He's close to it. I, he's got to be close to it. I don't. I don't know. Like, but I think three fifths. I think. I think two. The two guards are gone. Yep. And I think three fifths of the line could be changed. And if if Riley whatever Reef's uh, situation. So I mean, that's, anyway, my, and you can't just say okay, we're going to veterans minimum this. I mean, no. Not anymore. So where do you allocate the money? That's that's my ultimate. Well, point. That, that's where that's where Zim's going to have Spielman in a headlock saying you're not touching my defense. Right, but that's where <laughs> the Wilfs might come in and say that's okay because you're both fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean if you're not a play if you're not a playoff team, there's going to be changes, I think. But I I I, I the idea of not paying Dalvin and just letting him, I mean, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Okay, but do you want to sign him to that Peterson contract? What is who's the top uh, running back now? Is, is it Zeke? Ezekiel or is it Zeke? Well, in fact, you know what? Since it's a hold on a second here, I'm going to Google Zeke's contract. And what and how much? I mean, I remember like when Peterson had his big deal that he was like he was like 16. eight million dollars over the nearest guy who was second or something. Maybe not. Oh, that by much. the end he was. By the end, yeah. Oh yeah, no, you're right. He so was. I don't even know what the running back rate is anymore, but it's That's probably right. not like what it was when Peterson obviously Ezekiel Elliott spot track for contracts. Let's see what he's making here because this is his new deal. Uh, six years, ninety million dollars. Six years, ninety million total, including a seven point five million dollars signing bonus, fifty fifty million guaranteed. What does it per average year? annual salary of fifteen million in two? Yeah, see, I was thinking for Dallas, is it going to be like twelve million, ten to twelve million? Or, no, but I'm saying he's probably going to want the Z contract, right? Fifteen. Um, he's probably going to want to hit. Probably. Much. I mean, you're he's, always looking at bench. So marks. let's say he's looking between four. Let's say he'll take a discount of fourteen. I got to think about that. Yeah. Um, I love him, and I think he's a great player, but my question is how long can he play? How much do I want to invest in? Because to go back, where I'm totally in lockstep with you is that offensive line ain't going to fix itself without yeah. significant cap money. And now my question becomes long-term at quarterback. What am I doing there? Yeah. Because if I can get the drafted quarterback and I get five years of control quarterback, yeah, but I'm, but but I don't know I can do if that. You're, if you're doing the drafted quarterback, you got to – I don't say you're rebuilding, but you're also saying – I think you're getting a – re- You're not – how many rookies are going to take their? Team? Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable saying because I am with you on? I don't think that this is being blown up. Are you comfortable saying that their variable might be having to hit a, re, a strong reset button? In terms of the core, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I do think I think eventually it was great that they gave all these contracts, but eventually it was going to come time to pay the bill, yes. and I don't think that you can. There's going to be, have to be some hard decisions with Everson. I can see him leaving Rhodes. I could see saying, hey, you know what? 
I think you we're have paying to. Mike Hughes a lot less. What do you do with Kirk? Well, I mean, he's going into the last year of his contract. Personally, I, I'm not personally. I'm not bringing him back in 2021. No, unless you know, unless something dramatically oh, changes. Right. But I, but do you draft a guy first round this this year, or do you draft, I think you have, a, you draft a guard first round? Well, that's my point about the next three games. The next three games dictate to me, at least internally, what your thought process should be. Could be. be, yeah. You know, it really could be because you're facing two good teams, and you'll have a better idea because that'll be what that'll be twelve games in. So you have four. Yes. After, yes. Um, yep. You have a month left, and so you'll you'll know kind of. All right, is this team a legitimate contender, or are they going to be like scratching and clawing to get to the wild card, or where are they at in the division? Yeah, and if you're the the second wild card, I mean that's not okay. That's very possible, but that doesn't excite. That should not excite you. No, because you you'd have to win what three road games. Yeah, and I mean I, I just don't see this team. <laughs> no, because I I also don't think that this team is. I don't want to say they're completely soft because that's too strong. I don't think they're nearly as mentally tough and wired the, the same way that the Keenum team was. The Keenum team in 2017 had sort of a bleep it mentality that I liked. Yeah, but they're in there. But part of it is too like that defensive core was two years younger. Yeah. So yes. I don't know if it's mainly tough. It's just they might have lost a step in right. those two years. But I also well, I, for Rhodes for sure. The and, one the one thing that, about Keenum that I did like, and this has no, nothing to do with his play, was I liked the fact that when Zim made it clear he couldn't stand him, Case was unaffected completely. Yeah. And yeah. I always feel like Kirk is affected by that. And, you know, ultimately, hey, look, in Kansas City, special teams broke down. As Everything. I, I think yeah. your column pointed out. You're right. Defense broke down. Um, offensive play calling was suspect. 27-yard shank. Yeah. D- yeah. Diggs yeah. gets, what, four targets, yeah. one. But, you know, those last couple drives and that the, – the one the one drive that really got me was the one I think it started with like 735. 747. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that got me. You go poor pass to Ham. You go, Dalvin loses three yards. Yeah. And then third and 13, you run, it. You run a draw. And, and that's where. And that's where I said, but it was almost like, it, it was almost a combination of bad play calling with, we have no faith in our quarterback. It was, to me, it was two things. It was, one, we don't, well, it's three things. One, we don't trust our offensive line to block because they haven't. Two, we don't really trust the quarterback to get, and the receivers to get 13 yards. But three, that old school way of, Let's just run the clock. Let's run the ball because if you have incompletion, you're you're. But then what's the pa- what's the pass I, to Ham? I, and by the way, the other thing about the pass, the first down pass to CJ Ham that I couldn't figure out for the life of me was anybody, including uh, Stefanski and Kubiak, who have watched Kirk play. That's one of his weaknesses. Yeah, I don't know why, but he has no touch on that pass. I know you're better off dagger. You're better off going deep downfield to digs on a dagger attempt. Sure, yeah. Than you are trying to have him because touch pass one to him. He's aiming at whatever he's yeah. doing. Especially that that day where everything was off. Yeah, you know. But it, I couldn't figure it out. But I I think it was just that was just still Zim saying, "I trust my defense." Let's just you know. But after we had seen all that, I know, I know, very bizarre. I, I think it's the old school mentality in those situations where just don't make a mistake. We'll hold them, you know. So what's your pick in uh, in Dallas Sunday? I'm gonna say loss. Blow it up. <laughs> I'm gonna say loss. That's it. I'm done. I, you know, I'm here's the thing. Them, I don't. I think it's a good defensive line. Good defense they're gonna face. I don't think. I mean, uh, offensively, Thielen, you're probably gonna be without right. I, I he, hope did, so. he didn't practice yesterday. I doubt he's gonna practice today. He should play till Seattle. Yeah, at the earliest. Because so, you have. I wouldn't play for the Does it go Dallas, Denver, by then Seattle? Yep. Yeah, bring him back after the bye. Because yeah, I mean, I'm you not. don't want to keep going through this. 
Well, and I don't want him to blow out the hamstring. Sure. Um, so that's going to put more pressure on Diggs and who's your wide receiver. So I, I think I'm going to call a close loss. All right, Chip Scoggins. All right, enjoy the football game. Conduits of Trouble returns next week to discuss a gopher, a huge gopher win against Penn State that nobody saw coming. Scoggins, naysayer, didn't think they could do it. I, of course, do. Well, not really. Bye.